Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Current Blue Podcast and our end of season review. I'm your host, Dan Rowenson, to take us through the 2021-22 season. I'm joined by Pat Rowe, Asher Priest, and Matt Kendrick. You've got a big smile on your face, Matt. No, yeah. just, just seeing you kind of squirming, <laughs> you know, having to present properly rather than down the edge of a video camera. So yeah, it's strange doing it together in person. Last time we were here was nine months ago. Obviously, you know, me, Ash, and, and Matt, you were here. We had James sat in this seat. We've swapped him out for I'm someone else. James. Someone else who wears glasses and knows <laughs> yeah. stuff about stats. Pat, <laughs> That's it. your first uh, in-person podcast debut. How are yeah. you? Yeah, I'm good. It's uh, thankful the season's over. But um, yeah, it's weird to see everyone in it. We went to the villa the other day. Yeah. It just felt normal because we speak every day. But yeah, it's weird to finally see people that I work with. So yeah, it's good. Ash, all good with you? Yeah, yeah. Glad the season's over now. A bit, bit of a rest spot, but obviously transfer season in full flow. But yeah, yeah. Pleased with how the season ended a little bit. There's a bit of momentum going into the next one, but yeah, looking forward to the next one already. Mm. And as we're recording this, the birthday boy on the end, Matt. Hey. Yeah. Many happy returns. 21 today. Yeah, good. <laughs> Is that are you at the age now that kind of cuts off a Villa career, do you think? Somebody said that to me. Somebody texted me out this morning. I was like, break it to me gently, for God's sake. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, how old was Brad Friedel? It was, was he 40? He was 40, I think. Like, yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> okay. Um, upset me now. <laughs> Sorry, I'll preface the next kind of 45, 60 minutes, however long this is, we're saying that we're recording this on Wednesday the 25th, is it? Yeah, 25th. 25th. Yeah, okay. Um, so if Villa happened to sign somebody between now and when this goes out, that kind of throws things out a little bit. So take that with a pinch of salt. There was quite the level of optimism, wasn't there, from, from us three. Uh, you weren't here then, Pat. Kind of going Villa to finish eighth, Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins and score 35 goals. And then in, in classic Villa fashion, I lose on the opening day. Yeah. What were your memories of that one, Ash? I remember, yeah, vividly, to be honest with you. It all unraveled a week or two before. John Terry left, Richard O'Kelly left. And you had, you had Dean Smith doing the warm up with the lads. He never usually does that. Mm. So you, had, you had these coppers on, he's helping the lads do the warm up. And obviously, the, uh, had a shocker down there, didn't they? Uh, in the sun. Matt Tyler got hooked off at half time. He was getting rinsed and it's a bad day at the office. You're thinking, hang on a minute, where are we going from there? Got Newcastle next to home. And, but yeah, that's a bad one down the Vicarage Road. Um, bit of a wake up call. Another rally late on, but yeah, quite an alarming one. And you're coming back from that thinking, are they good as they make out to be? Um, but yeah, that was, that's my memories of Watford and that target having a struggle. and yeah being a bit wary for the next fixture but yeah I feel like we might have even said it in the August preview one saying there's a lot of optimism we've got a, a newly promoted side on the first day it's typical really to go and lose that but I didn't quite expect that we would we're supposed to aren't we you know when we do our pre, when we do our pre-season one you know in six we'll weeks more cautious this six time, weeks time do you think yeah. do you think I'll, I don't think nah, we'll I will be yeah you know I'll, I'll be saying Coutinho will get 473 assists <laughs> do you know what I mean um yeah, it's Aston Villa, isn't it? And we probably should have been, knowing the way that the back end of the previous season ended, um, we probably should have been a little bit more, um, mm. a little bit more reserved. But 
you know, if you can't be excited in pre-season, that, that's the time when you're second in the league, isn't it? That's true. You know, yeah. you know, I'm still dreaming of the day that Arsenal fall out of the league so we can actually <laughs> claim that, claim the alphabet league. It was third, wasn't it, a couple of years ago? Uh, AFC Bournemouth up there. That's well. it, yeah. Knowing yeah. Yeah. Mm. our luck, Aardvark United or something, or <laughs> join what they, or the Automobile Association. But now, I think, well, we're going to begin to discuss this, this season as a whole, but it was, for me, it was a very, very Aston Villa season mm. and very, very, very Aston Villa time in terms of set your sights high, promise that something good's going to happen, and then it just crumbles. Yeah, we've got the, the random mugger questions from va- fans that have sensed a feeling. There is one in there about like, why has the season kind of unravelled, you know, disjointed pre season, Grealish going, that kind of thing. But we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not necessarily going to run through every game, but that start of the, of the season, Watford, Newcastle, and Brentford, loss, win, draw, pretty underwhelming, isn't it? That really? I mean, I went into it with my usual level of blind optimism, I thought. But um, it was always going to be tough, wasn't it? Like Ash mentioned, John Terry and Richard O'Kelly going, um, and then obviously Grealish going. It was always going to be a rebuild. I felt like when it, before the season I was saying like our oh, eighth would be a really good season, but I also was going to settle for like a tenth or an eleventh. Mm. Finishing fourteenth is quite underwhelming, isn't it? But um, yeah, it's just one of those uh, Watford doing the double over you in the uh, season, but they go down. It's not really acceptable, is it? Yeah. But like they've made their intentions clear. Like uh, first day after the season, we've signed Bubakar Kamara, one of the like, most highly rated uh, centre midfielders in the uh, world, and they're setting the standard going into next season now. So. Um, once again, hopeful. Yeah, we did, uh, we did our Kamara. Yeah, getting carried away already. We did our Kamara episode, and I think Neil from the Full of and mm. Gar podcast raved about him more so than even you have. Mm. And we'll, we will get to Kamara later in this. I imagine this podcast will kind of jump around a little bit all over the place, so bear with me. Um, I'm not going to go through every game, like I said, but there were two League Cup games for Villa this season Barrow 6 0, and then Chelsea uh, out on penalties. Again, going back to August last year, we're saying you know, what would be success? Villa having a decent cup run for, for one is, is a start. Pretty rubbish in both cups, aren't we? Let's face it. it just gives me. It, it feels like a different lifetime ago yeah. when um, when Algarve is penankering yeah. the yeah. Barrow keeper and giving it loads. Yeah. You know that, that that probably would go into my top ten highlights from the <laughs> yeah. from the season, which I mean, probably, it all, probably it? in itself <laughs> gives you an idea of, of how it's gone. Um, yeah, I mean, we we always say that, don't we? We always say, well, I, I'm a big believer that any trophy, I would still, you know, Christian Perslow and the, the money men at Villa would say, well, shut up, Matt. I'd rather take top four and get the, 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 the lucrative, you know, funds that follow that. But for me, it's been too long, hasn't it, since Villa won silverware. Mm. So, sod's law, who do we come up against? Chelsea in the League Cup, give them a really good go, go close with them. And then Manchester United away, which is the fixture that I just think, you know. How many times have we played that fixture? <sighs> Scare it. It's just, you know, and I, in hindsight now, if you're going to win one game away at Old Trafford, you'd probably rather want yeah. that one yeah. and, and cop for not winning the one in the league. But um, they had a decent run going into it. The rest of that was in like Middlesbrough, and then they. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. an easier run, I think. So. Is that the end of your point? <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're, well. My interest in the cups ended the the day that we were knocked out. To be honest, yeah. mate. So uh, yeah, don't start don't start building me up about <laughs> next year's FA. I mean, maybe next year is the year we win the FA Cup. You never know, dear. <laughs> uh, I did say then we were rubbish in the cups, but that Chelsea game was alright. I thought we played well, didn't we? In that in that um, League Cup second game. Yeah, Prince William was there. I remember that one and Cameron Archer's header as well out of mm. nowhere. Brilliant goal and uh, just yeah, typical to lose on penalties. Give it a good, good go um, and close again. So hopefully. 
and building myself up again now. Hopefully we can go, go a bit further next time, so we'll see. Lost in the, uh, to Chelsea in the league as well, beating Everton at home and Man United away in two probably decent results of the season. Um, the Everton game is one that people tend to go back to as a Saturday night, you know, Leon Bailey burst onto the scene. Burst is growing with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we kind of set ourselves up to think, you know what, might be some exciting moments this season from Bailey and this squad and how, you know, how that's turned out in the end. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those. I feel like the main thing I, I, th- I thought about when Bailey arrived was that like blistering pace, and then he showed it there, didn't he? Mm. He showed it against Watford as well. And he dropped his shoulder, whipped the ball in, McGinn curled one in. I was thinking this is going to be. He's got that wow factor to him. He's got that uh, get the fans off the bum type thing uh, in games. But after that injury, I don't know what happened to him. To be honest, I don't know if that's affected him, or I know he's been playing through like illness as well, a few games, and he's got the ankle injury now, but. It, been disappointed to say the least hasn't it I don't know if it's whether or not the system doesn't fit him I know Gerald doesn't really play with wingers whether or not he can play as that number 10 in there or I don't really rate him as a, a forward he had to be a goal fair. front didn't he as well in yeah it was Wolves too. wasn't it the Wolves yeah. game I, I didn't really rate that like if you want someone to play up front you play Ings I don't know if he was available on that one but they were saying like going into next season Bailey could play there and I was like it's like Troy Ore against Burnley played mm. there as well didn't he yeah I'd just rather have a striker I'd rather a Cameron Archer get the uh, yeah. opportunity yeah, next season but yeah it's just been underwhelming so I'm looking for a bit more from Bailey but uh, that was yeah I, me and my girlfriend that was her first game the uh, Everton game and the first game she ever watched was the 7-2 against Liverpool <laughs> so she's a bit of a good luck charm to be against honest against Merseyside so, clubs only yeah against yeah. Merseyside I'll just yeah. bring her out for that I'll wheel her out for that one <laughs> <laughs> my wife so she's a keeper my wife's two games first two games were into Milan and when we won our penalties <laughs> mm. and Tranmere when we, when we won the duality of football so <laughs> she's not been since I mean she's got exhausted I've had to go through years and years of misery mind you so she I suppose to be married to me but uh, if you can get if you can get keep her there yeah if you can get women who actually get Villa to win games yeah. that's it yeah. keep them there good For just life. be careful bashing the table by the way right. so, Man United away talk to me Ash uh, first time we've beaten them there since 2009 a Gabby yeah. goal that day yeah um, again probably one of the standout performances and, and results of the season looking back yeah looked really good uh, 3-5-2 that was wasn't it remember that then days um, very good I remember seeing Hilary Smith Dean's mum in the, in the box next to me she was in tears <laughs> what went on there uh, so proud of him and then um, that was his last win and then he got the boot a few weeks later so, <laughs> yeah brilliant but um, <laughs> brilliant yeah, brilliant <laughs> <laughs> That's the Take that, Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've written a little bit of a structure of this. I put, that's pretty much where the good times in for Dean Smith and Hillary Smith as well. Did you? Um, Sorry, Hillary. We go on to lose consecutive games after that, five in a row. Spurs, Wolves, Arsenal, West Ham, Southampton, five scored, 13 conceded. What a grim run that is. Right was on the wall, wasn't it? You could, you could just sense that... Um, you get that feeling, don't you? Obviously, results play a big part, but you get the feeling where the the manager's coming out and saying the, the same things, and you know you can see little bits of the chat, the, the fan base, the, the kind of Dino out brigade. He's, he's, he's gathering more pace. Um, I still, you know, don't, don't dwell too much about what's gone on. I still think we could have finished where we finished in the league with with Dean Smith. That's not to that's not to undermine what Steven Gerrard's done because I think he has bought bought lots of good things. Um, but I think it was one of those ones, wasn't it? We knew that we'd already lost uh, Bromley Talisman and Jack Grealish in the summer, and then his partner in crime, Dean Smith. We knew that was very much the end of an era, uh, and I think we're still in that place now at the end of this season where, okay, we've probably just about compartmentalised that. 
and dealt with it and know that this is this is a, a new phase. But over to Villa, what have you got for us? What are you going? That was, those were joyous times, given what we've been through in the last kind of ten or fifteen years of Villa's decline, getting us back on back in the Premier League and, and doing it with those kind of rummy local heroes was great. So this next chapter. It's going to have to be something special, isn't it? We're going to have to deliver European nights again. We're going to have to try and see our captain, whoever he is, lifting a lifting a trophy again. Which that's not easy, is it? There's these, these twenty clubs in the Premier League who, who dream of that, um, and lots of good Villa captains since the last time we won a trophy that have never managed yeah. to do it either. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, we've all had our say on Dean Smith on, on the podcast over over the last you know few months or so. Can we say that that was the right decision from the club? Because obviously Gerald comes in and has a good start, arrests that slump, probably kind of steers us away from any potential trouble. But like Matt said, over the course of 38 games, Dean Smith could probably have got us to the heights of 14th, couldn't he? So, right decision with hindsight? For me? Um, Yeah, I think it was the right decision. I think, just going back to Dean Smith, the 3-2 against Wolves was the game for me. I think if that doesn't happen, if that collapse doesn't happen, I think he might still be the manager now, but I think there was always a plan for him to kind of like shift on and move on from the uh, getting promoted to the Premier League like system and uh, what we had going on at Villa. But yeah, I think it was the right decision. What Gerard's got going on now, the the Gerard pull in, in effect, it's it is a real thing. Like Dean, first thing he said, obviously Coutinho came in, didn't he? That's obviously because of Gerard. He said that. And then the first thing Dean said is, oh, what's happening with Coutinho? Mm. It's like a domino effect. And then at Kamara, he was, I think, Gerard went and visited him, in-person scout mission. He's a well-known name, isn't he? And midfielders, I'm pretty sure yeah. the majority of midfielders would say, not look up to him, they probably would look up to him, but know him, respect him. He's just got a thing, they want to work with him, they want to be a part of the system. And he is looking hopeful, isn't it? I think we're getting linked to players now that probably will look to elevate us into the European football. So that's the, the remit, and that's what he's got to do. It's just whether or not it can all come together and uh, work next season. I thought Dean deserved the Brighton at home game, the one after Southampton, but I think the right was on the ball, as Matt said. Leaning both both company, both managers, Gerard definitely has the aura about him. Mm. Even, even from his unveiling back in November, he could sense he wanted to drag you with it. Come on, we can do this now. All pulled together. And even in the, in the um, interviews he's had since, yeah, you can, you can believe in what he's saying. I think that's coming out with the, with the interviews he's having with Kamara. I believe in this project. I'm ambitious. I want to, I want to drive it forward as well. And yeah, I think looking back, I think Villa on something exciting now. I'm getting carried away again, obviously. <laughs> but um, with the, the additions he made in January as well, they'd have never happened on Dean Smith Watch, would they? Coutinho, Luca Dean. We're probably not looking in those markets either in terms no, of the profile and stuff. No. Yeah. Um, and a, big, a big moment for me, but he dropped Tyro Mings for the West Ham game. That was, Dean never dropped Tyro Mings. And he, so was the, was the dressing dressing room backlash in a, in, in a way probably um, that was a big call to make and I think a week later he, he, he was gone so yeah um, didn't play out how he wanted but like Pat says I think I think in hindsight now I think it was the right call mm. based on what I've seen for the last six months we're going to do the audience questions at random kind of at the end of the, the, the year in review but there's one that I know isn't that kind of needs to go in now so I'm going to, to read it anyway um, it's from Craig he says do you think the change in manager has been successful for the club given how the season fizzled out I know we've kind of just touched on it but in the long run you kind of feel like we're heading in the right direction now Matt I think so I mean I think <laughs> hope so <laughs> before, before I go on I think we need to sack, sack the venue plan because we've got the we're going to with the loudest wake uh, in the history bless them thanks to the Aston Inn for letting us come by the way he's <laughs> just very busy that's the way it is he's busy um, you can't judge a manager can you on, on six, six to eight months I think what Villa have done 
is by making the change when they did, bringing in the guy that they did, backing him with the, the level of funding and being able to attract the type of player that we have that they have done or we have done so far is raise the expectation levels to another level, really. I mean, they're obviously laughing at my point over there. <laughs> I think it was quite a valid point. I think that the expectation levels now, they've almost kind of created a benchmark or a barometer. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not cynical old Matt. I'm not saying this will happen. Imagine if Gerard starts the season the way Smith does. Can Perslow come out and defend that, given the reasons that he said for the, for, for Smith sacking? But, but it's, that won't put any extra pressure on Gerard, and he's already placed on himself yeah. anyway. But I think what's happened in the last, what we're we talking, when did, when did Smith go October time? So uh, six, start of November. Yeah. So the last six, six, seven months is Villa now are saying we need to be compu- competing for, for Europe mm. right now. I think you could have probably got away. The, the way it was going before, the, the, the kind of say, trajectory that we were on before was steady, steady, steady. I think that's kind of gone out the window now. And mm-hmm. I think it's we need success now to match the ambitions of, of our manager, of our owners and our chief executive. So if they don't match those, the fan base is going to be disappointed. And yeah. I'm not sure the current regime have had to really, really cope with the properly disappointed fan base before. <laughs> So, and that's a very negative way of looking at it. And I should be really, really excited about it, and I am. But I'm also worn down by however many years, you know, four decades now, of supporting Aston Villa and knowing that it doesn't always go according to plan, knowing that yeah. we've flirted with these things before and it's uh, ended in tears. Well, you know, a, a good time to sack a manager is an international break, isn't it? That, that tends to happen a lot. There's yeah. an international tournament that kind of splits up the season yeah. Yeah, next season. If Villa are 15th come November, December, yeah. you know, there's a decision to make there. If the, if the runner form suggests we're not going in the right direction, you've got a month, six weeks gap now to make a change. And you know, I definitely don't want to be talking about that, really, because I want, I want us to be on the cusp of the top six by the time we get to that Qatar World Cup and go, right, now we push on in, in the start of 2023. Um, I mean, just that point in general, it feels like a, a weird season, doesn't it? Yeah. Even for the last couple of years, we get promoted, then you have COVID, project restart. We sack the manager, new Gerald comes in, and next season will be disrupted by the World Cup. Yeah. It'd be nice just to play 38 games in a row, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would. And I've got no way. Well, it's not really a, it is a rhetorical question, so fair enough. Let's go to January then. Um, transfer window time, Dean, Coutinho, uh, time to kind of kick on and push on. And like you're saying, Matt, that, that, that kind of suggests that Villa are going, right, here's some players for you of good quality. Do you think it kind of twisted to go right? We try. We want you to try and get into Europe this year, or was it too late for that by January? Do you think? I don't know. West Ham did it with Jesse Lingard, didn't they? So maybe they were hoping with a, like a, a second season push. But Villa aren't the ones to put a, a good run of uh, form together in the final half of the season, are they? Absolutely capitulated last season. It was touch and go this season. We had that good run, didn't we? I think it was Brighton, Leeds, and who's the other one? Palace, was Southampton, four 0 Yeah. So yeah. those are the games. Then you look to the result we got against, not the result we got, the, almost, the result we almost got against City. And it's like we're competing now. There's signs that we're uh, having pro- uh, seeing progress. And it's the players that he's brought in that are doing it. Like Luca mm-hmm. Dean Cross, Coutinho Goal, and Chambers was solid. Chambers has been solid whenever he came in for me. Yeah. He started eight games. And he's just quality. I remember us talking at the Burnley game and I was there going, oh my God, <laughs> would Conza do that? Like, his passing is just is sublime. 
He's uh, and his defending as well. It's not just a passing from there. His defending's quality. He's physical. He doesn't back down from a challenge. I think if you're a striker, you would rather pin yourself to Chambers than you would to Mings. But he doesn't back down from it. He does fantastic from there. So and obviously, I'm hoping Kamara goes in the same way. He's 22 years old. He might take a bit of time to settle so he's from the league on and obviously we've had players there that haven't been so successful in the past so but I think this I think he's different gravy to be honest I think mm. he is going to settle right in especially under the watch of Gerard. what they've done with Ramsey the elevation he's seen I think they're going to take him to the next level as well so I'm excited for the recruitment especially yeah do you think that even though Coutinho's arrival and Dean didn't necessarily mean Villa pushed up into the top half, it still gave us lift, do you think? Yeah, momentum shifted straight away, the calibre of play and the signing, how quickly that happened as well. Yeah. So, very opportunity to get Luca Dini when they did, had a fallout with Benitez. I think Villa signed him, then Benitez was sacked a week later, and that wouldn't have happened had Benitez stayed in the job. So Villa acted very quickly, decisively. Coutinho as well, that didn't hang on too long. They had, I think they had a Zoom chat within a week, he's, he's in a Villa shirt and very, very quick and swift and more of the same this summer already mm-hmm. like Kamara in the bag it's all happening the day after it? the final game of the season and I think Gerard wants them all in for the start of pre-season touch wood um, so yeah very, yeah. I mean the pull Pat's mentioned about Gerard. I mean and then, I don't know what he's, he's, he's whispers to him or speaks to him about <laughs> they're all in, all in straight away aren't they yeah, so. that, that was my next question what is he selling to these players what is he saying the ambitions are does Gerard need need to sell his, amb- his ambitions really you know we all know why he's here He's here because he's been a very successful athlete throughout his career, and can't wean himself off that that kind of that thrill of winning. Basically, I mean, Villa will give him a good good chance to go cold turkey <laughs> on that for a few weeks. But Get with draws, I, I think, I just think. It's good like, having like, the laughter track, isn't it? When you tell it, it's good having the laughter track when you <laughs> tell it. It's like on TV, yeah. isn't it? Oh, look, I says he, he's, a, he's a man whose reputation precedes him. He, he, he's got an aura, and we know that. Imagine what he's like when when Villa lose a game. He's, he's not used to losing games, and anybody who signs for him knows that they're going to get a good coach who can make them technically better but also going to learn good habits from him as well so plus the fact let's not pretend Villa are now in a market where they are spending top dollar to attract people and if they're being shrewd about getting free transfers like we said and then reinvesting that in the wages that's a very good tactic for me providing you're looking at the right players Yeah. but I think the package at the moment Aston Villa sells out every single week you've got owners who are properly invested in terms of emotionally and financially and you've got a manager there who doesn't accept anything less than the absolute best because he's never known anything less than the absolute best so you know I'd want to sign would you yeah well yeah there's the, the <laughs> quote from uh, Jacob Ramsey in the Players Tribune yesterday on day four saying you know he met with Gerard in the training ground and said yeah. I know you've done well Jacob but I'm going to take you to the next level yeah. and I was like can you imagine what that must be like as a 20 year old kid to go yeah I'll, I'll I want to pass chat up lines <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, even when you were saying uh, Ash about like the November press conference how you kind of that mentality of we're all in this together and I remember saying when he joined about like you kind of feel like I'd run through walls for this guy as a fan never mind it in the dressing it's like on TalkSport the other day there were Eric Ten Hag's opening press conference they were, they were listening to it I think it was Simon Jordan and Danny Murphy they were saying how he's not gripping you, he's not like, you know, you don't want to run through walls for him. Mm. But when Gerard came in, I think everyone was like, okay, he means business here and yeah. like, his intentions are clear. But yeah, well, I say he's got that in abundance, hasn't he? So I imagine the players are feeling that as well. Yeah. In one of the early press conferences as well, I think I, I stepped out along with the headline 
I think that's the owners are in town. Anyway, it's in my copy. Gerard's going to speak, to speak with the owner. So I ramped up a little bit too much. In, in the press conference, he said, Right, lads, just be on my side. I'll, I'll give you what you want. Just don't, I've, I've overhyped stuff. I'm on your, I'll give you what you want. You, you give me what you, you want. We'll work together for this one. So that, that sums it up as well, to be fair. Well, he did quite well with that as well. So mm. imagine the same with the players. And he's building a project here and he's got big ambitions. So. They're loving it. <laughs> Matt, at what point did you kind of accept that the season was going to dwindle out to 12th, 13th, 14th place? Probably opening day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. You, n- you never quite accept it, do you? But it's the bandwidth that we're in, you know, what, 14th and 8th, there ain't that much mm. in there. So if we'd have beaten Crystal Palace at home and we'd have beaten Burnley at home, all of a sudden, that puts a slightly different, different kind of spin on things. To me, probably from the day that Jack Grealish left, although we were super excited by the arrivals of Bailey, Buendia and um, Ings in the Holy Trinity in Christian Perslow's speech, I still thought it was going to be a big ask to replicate what we'd lost mm. from, from losing Grealish. So mm. I would have taken probably exactly the same spot Minus six or seven points. Yeah, we're probably in that space. Minus ten points where we in the end. Did yeah. what we finish in the end? Forty-five. 45. Yeah, 10. forty-five. So I don't think that's a massive surprise. Well, it's not it? difficult to make up ten points, is it? Watford at home, Wolves. We were winning. Yeah. Man City. I know it's Man City, but you're still winning two 0 with twenty minutes to go. Yeah, and that's nine points just off the, off the top of my head. Palace yeah. at home, Burnley at home. The only yeah. downside to that is there'll be a lot of clubs in the Premier League that will go, oh, if we'd have just done this, yeah. we'd have just done this. It's, yeah. you know, it's what I mean, The thing it? is, last season, a few of the points we got were from games that were in the end of the season and they were like teams not yeah. playing for much. So yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea, Spurs, and yeah. then, um, what was the other one? Everton, those Everton games, we got a win and a draw. So that kind of makes up the 10 that was kind of differential yeah, and they right. were games that could have gone either way just because it was the end of the season. It was this season as well. One that's just gone, yeah. record against the top side, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, not yeah. a single point against not the top five. Point, no. yeah. and we said, I think we said yeah. all... At United side as well have we not got anything yeah. against apart from the draw or yeah. it was yeah. whoever did the post-match pod after Man City like that's 10 games a season we've got no points so I'm like you, you're only getting all your points in 28 games like yeah. you're already setting yourself up for yeah. a task if you're going to write, write off 10 games a season and yeah. it's annoying because I felt like we could have got something you know Liverpool yeah, yeah. City's yeah. uh, Carney's yeah. miss and all stuff like yeah. that these are games Tottenham first Spurs, half yeah. 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 Exactly, yeah. Chelsea on Boxing Day I felt like we started then cash gave by that penalty yeah. didn't yeah. so what we've worked out is we're actually not that far away no Oh, everyone's hopeful again now. <laughs> exactly. um, streaky is the word for us that's what Gerard called us a lot of times inconsistent uh, 3-3 with Leeds dominating the first half but you don't see it out losing to Newcastle and Watford back to back 1-0 and then you go and win three in a row Brighton, Southampton, Leeds and we don't concede a single goal in those three mm-hmm. then you lose four in a row <laughs> it's madness isn't it I mean, it's a side that finishes mid-table isn't it pretty much win some lose some that's it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Let's just touch on the end of the season quickly then, because it's the most recent thing. Let's not focus too much on it. It was nice to kind of be involved to an extent in the title race and the relegation race that we're playing against the sides at both sides of the table. Kind of at least kept it interesting for the podcast and stuff like that, that there was something going on. Um, On Man City, though, we'll go to you, Matt, because you were there in the away end, your first away game for however many years. First away game since Bristol City away, singing oh. Will We There or Thereabouts at Steve Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, quite as drunk as I was that night. Explain Man City to me then from the stands. Uh, did you believe at 2 0 or were you the, the pessimist that said. Well, I went there lose? kind of fairly open minded, thinking 
we got nothing on this game other than causing as much mischief and as much aggravation mm. and stress to two two fan bases, uh, two fan bases who let's let's face it have been pretty spoiled uh, by success in the last couple of years. So it was just just fun, to be honest. Seventy five of pure fun, and I've sat in the one of the higher tiers at, at the Etihad, five or six fans away from. Five six Villa fans at the buffer between the angry <laughs> the angry Man City fans. It was just just good fun because it, it thought it looked like we were going to go and properly properly spoil the party. I still don't know, and I wasn't that drunk, but I still don't know how we were tuning up in that game. To be honest, although having said that, we probably could have been three or four nil up if <laughs> yeah. Watkins and yeah. would have would have taken a couple of chances. But yeah, so it was just it was just absolute kind of mischief making and sitting reveling in somebody else's stress. Um, but they had their last laugh, didn't they? Yeah. Um, I still didn't. I didn't even think I was chatting to Ash before we got on on, on air. When they scored the first goal, I still thought, okay, these you know these probably what twelve minutes left. Yeah. Oh, I didn't feel like that. As soon as they scored the first, no, I I thought, the second lose. and the second one went in. You thought thought we're probably going to lose this six <laughs> two. Um, the first one, but I actually think that the second goal was the one. Our second goal was the one that did for us because. All of a sudden, from them playing quite patiently and methodical, mm-hmm. they they've realised they needed to force the issue yeah. quite quickly, and they could go through the gears like that, can't they? From the press box, Ash, a few rewrites. Not imagine. there, yeah, not there. Um, but yeah, it's just crazy what, what, what went unfolding. I can't believe how quickly the fans were on the pitch as well. Mm. It was so quickly. And obviously, we, we saw what happened there. But yeah, I thought Coutinho's goal was lovely, by the way. Yeah. Just, um, the, the touch and the finish. You know the secret of that? What? Ollie Watkins winning the header. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was. Imagine. I know, I know. But uh, he took that goal away. I think he caught them. Liverpool were drawn at the time, wasn't they? I think so. Um, so you're thinking, there's a lot, a lot of nervous tension in the ground as well. They had a few celebrating the Wolves goal early doors. Everyone's got the radios on. So there's a lot of anticipation in there and a lot of nervous energy. But like you say, I remember what Matt said, just Villa could sit there as a fan as well. Just just have a bit of fun with it and go with I've seen that many uh, blow up uh, European Cups as well yeah well, I, um, a few what, of them show my wife this video on Twitter of, of some of the away end she insists that the angry Man City fans that are on this video have got them filters on that make them look like they're going to weep and cry <laughs> I was there and I swear that's no filter honestly it was a uh, Oh, God, I need to grow up really yeah. if I am glorifying somebody's misery. But uh, um, it's power football, isn't it? Yeah. Did you see the guy who was dressed up as a European? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. That was yeah. 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 That's the season then. Fourteenth place for Villa. We've got like end of season awards and stuff that we're going to do and questions as well. But to kind of kick that off before we get into the, the fan submitted ones from each of you, how do you submit? Uh, submit? How do you submit? <laughs> <laughs> How do you assess? That went dark. <laughs> How do you assess Gerard's tenure so far? Start with you, Pat. I really, I've enjoyed it. I think there was several issues that we had going into the season. Where I think you couldn't play Watkins and Ings together, and mm. he solved that. Like we can do that. We're probably the best. We play the best football, and they are on the pitch together now. Yeah. How do you get the best out of Wendy? I feel like he's done that, and now there's a problem how you get him and Coutinho, and I think he'll eventually solve that. Um, and then how do Villa get back to being a solid defence like we were last season, getting eight, uh, 15 clean sheets, I think. And I think I think he's got eight now, but there could have been a lot more. You look at the Crystal Palace game at Sellers Park. You look at the Burnley game; they shouldn't have scored that penalty. That shouldn't have happened. Um, should Ashley Barnes have been on the pitch at that point? No, no. Yeah. There you go. That's another one. Um, things like that. I think it could have been a lot better than what did we finish on eleven clean sheets for the season or twelve? I can't remember. 
that's still decent. I think he's solving, slowly solving problems and slowly improving the squad. Mm. So I'm happy with it. I'm hopeful for the future. Yeah, so I'll give it. I'm rating it out of ten. Out of ten, yeah. Six point five, pushing a seven. Okay, higher than I thought. Ash, you? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the table in general, took over. I think Villa finished finish ninth. You know, that's quite was it ninth then? Ninth was eighth, was eighth. Yeah, so ninth is pretty respectable. Mm. And you've probably taken that in a full season, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. So um, the signs there, the, sh- the shoots of progress, I can see, and like Pat's talking about beautifully. Then um, sort out the defence and working his way up. He wants a stronger spine to the team, and um, recruitment's massive this summer, and he's making waves already. So I'm really excited for next season, Matt. Given all the things he's solved under Pat, he'll be able to play himself in the same midfield as Lampard. The way he's going. Um, yeah, I mean, he's bought. Oh, sorry, of, Ash, out of 10? Out of 10, whole season? For just Gerard. Just Gerard. Because right at the season out of 10 comes later. Uh, uh, just Gerard, seven. Seven, okay. Sorry, Matt. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's delivered the, the little Brazilian fella, hasn't he, who I've fallen in love with. Um, so that wouldn't ha- have happened. Without Steven Gerrard being being Aston Villa manager, I think, and I'm sure we'll discuss this lad a little bit more detail later. But I think the impact that he's had on Jacob Ramsey, mm-hmm. I think Ramsey has already do, done a lot of the hard work, and Dean Smith is the, the guy who gave him his opportunity as well. But I think he's really, really kicked on. Um, so that's a kind of tangible kind of improvement of a player, coaching of a player, sport of a player that that you can see. Matty Cash as well. Could you put him in the same bracket? So he got better under Gerrard, do you think? I don't know. Oh, uh, he, was, he was one of the standouts for Dean Smith as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, the fullbacks are both doing well, Cash and Dean. Been yeah, yeah. I think the exciting thing for me is a full pre-season um, of working, working with the players he's got. Because as much as we we get excited about Aston Villa being a kind of check checkbook recruitment, um, you know, bringing big names in. You can't sign. I don't think he can. But they can't sign twenty-two new players. <laughs> so he's going to have to work closely, and his coach is going to have to work closely in getting a tune out of, out of the players that he's got. So I think getting him stuck into stuck into them early in pre-season is exciting. Um, yeah, um, I, I, I like the cut of his jib. I like I like the fact. I think I was saying to you on the on the way here and this is probably something that Ash fears I don't have to exist in that press box press conference environment anymore but if you deliver him a question that he doesn't quite like I think he can kind of just give you that kind of steely glare and put you in your <laughs> put you in your place and now I'm not on the receiving end of it I quite like that I quite like a manager who's kind of you know there was a question I, I saw on, on social media that's head of the Liverpool game thing and somebody said to him that um, you know you know Stephen, people have um, Liverpool have got much more to play for you, and that, of course they have. Of course they had ahead of the Liverpool game, but he's like, "What makes you think that kind of thing?" <laughs> <laughs> just like got really kind of, oh, he's genuinely angry about it, yeah. or maybe mock angry about it. But it's this kind of integrity and this competitiveness mm. all the time that I like that. And I think if he shows that with his public facing side, I can't imagine he's that much different around the place mm. as well. Kind of very demanding, high standards. So I'm just excited about where that can take us, really. An out of ten? Two. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Very much jury's still out for me. I'll probably go 6.5. Six months, yeah. Uh, 6.5? Is that fair? Yeah. I'd say that's about right. 6.5 to 7. Any higher than that is a bit... I don't like the point fives and the player ratings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Six then? 
Six. I think yeah. six is too low. That's why I went six yeah. point five. Yeah. In the comments, how many decimal, pla- decimal <laughs> places should we go to with this? Right? I suppose if, like you said, if Villa finished ninth under Gerald over the course of a full season, we'd be saying more than six, probably. Yeah, but he didn't. So yeah. <laughs> let's move on. Fan questions. We've got the random mug. If you want to pass it on to Matt, you can go first. Am I the random mug? Yeah. Well, we're all gonna have a go. In there is a subject. I've got the question. So let's uh, see what the fans have submitted. Halting season potential. What's that mean? Halting season potential. This question is from Rob. He says, oh, "Sorry, Rob, it's an excellent question." He says, "What were the key events in the year that stopped potential being realised?" I'll put forward one: the protracted Grealish will he won't he saga that delayed the inevitable and shredded our pre-season planning. Now I wrote re- uh, wrote that down earlier and thought I don't agree with the Grealish thing because I think the, pla- the club knew that that yeah. release course existed. Man City are interested. There's always that thought of he's going to go at some point. I understand him showing up for pre-season first day and stuff for the fan base kind of makes you think oh he might stay but I think the club know what's going on more so than, than we did but is there anything else you can think of that, that stopped Villa apart from sacking the manager which is quite an obvious answer that Pat. stops it <laughs> I do have one if we need to come into it I'd say it's the Nakamba injury I know he's not the be-all and end-all yeah, of the success of the team but I felt like the when you think about Gerard's team in the first few months of him being there it's that we were just really solid defensively maybe we weren't creating as much like, you know, the Palace game and Brighton and we could have got someone at Liverpool couldn't we and then there was that penalty decision which wasn't a penalty and then Danny Ings one got rejected but uh, yeah it's that for me I think like, we were lacking a defensive presence someone that can fill in help the defence and obviously Dougie had to play there and he's not really a six is he he's, a, he's an eight he looks a lot better there but it's unfortunate but that's probably the only one I can think of the rest is just it's just filler yeah that's fair either of you two thought something in Pat's answer I don't know really I just think it's it's not, no one particular incident but it's just an inconsistent squad yeah a set of players who were probably signed to consolidate in the Premier League and they were expecting and demanding more of them yeah so you know you know you said the, the change of manager is an obvious one it, it is an obvious one because they've suddenly got to learn to play play for a, for a new manager um, the main thing for me is yeah, Aston Villa it's what we do it's what we do we don't do things in a straightforward way but what what if this season would have reached its absolute potential with the, the manager that we started with and the players that we got, what would our ceiling have been anyway? Would it have been would it have been anything above tenth anyway? Mm. No, yeah, maybe not. Success next season. Success. Success. Easy one. I mean that's pretty much as it says, isn't it? But let me try and find the one. From Steve. Uh, he says, What would the panel panel I like that, be deemed as success or conversely failure next season? A success obviously European football, top six. A failure, 14th again. <laughs> I don't know if you'd judge like, a bottom half finish as a failure. I think you would by the look of our recruitment, to be honest. Mm. I think he's going after centre-backs now, isn't he? Top quality ones, I think Diego Carlos came out. That rumour came out this morning. Newcastle for him. Botman's been linked. Lacroix, people like that. These are top-class defenders. And they're not exactly people that are, apart from Lacroix, is like 22, I think, there. People are going to come in now and contribute. They're not going to do anything else. They're not going to develop here. So yeah, I think it's time to push on, and it is like a win now situation. I yeah. think anything. I think bottom half probably would be deemed a failure next season. To be honest, I probably I said it the exact same last year. I probably start again next year as well. <laughs> uh, pushing as far the, the top six European places, get as close to them as possible, and go deep in the cups, possibly win one. Yeah, that'd be that'd be for me success. I think we just need to probably write off the season that's just gone 
how do we beat the season before? Yeah, and it's the obvious, isn't it? Just just win a cup. So fed up of it. <laughs> it's been so long. I and mean, what are we now? Ninety six. What's that now? Twenty. Twenty six. Winter. Twenty seventh year. Yeah. Since then. Yeah. Scary. I've got a fringe then, Ash. <laughs> no, no, no. I've got a fringe then. Yeah. I mean, how, how you guys? I, mean, I don't want to brag about how old I am. How you guys keep coming back for more of this? <laughs> I've seen the Peace Cup. I haven't seen. Well, fair enough. That was that. That that, that is a trophy, wasn't it? Yeah. But. And that one that John Terry held, that big point. Oh, yeah, you can buy that in uh, Sports Direct, can't you? I think. What points tally do you think? Because it's all all very well, same positions, but as we've seen this year, that can vary quite a lot about what a certain amount of points gets you. What do you you think? 60 points is something that should be a barometer that we aim for? I think they'll be doing that beyond the scenes as well. Probably a month by month basis, they'll have a points tally to try and Yeah. Next season, I just want them to beat be a few of the big boys more, more than they have done. Mm, yeah. It's been a wretched record. The season's just gone, so have a few big nights at Villa Park beating the, yeah. the so-called big teams, and that, that'd be a, a big plus for me. And get that belief in, didn't you? You can roll yeah. into the next one. Go on, Pat, you go. Oh, right. Change one result. Ooh. Oh, I know this one off the top. I like this question. Yeah, I mean, who asked that? I should have organised this better, shouldn't I, really? Uh, yeah. Dave from the States, he put in brackets. Uh, if you could change one match result from this season, which would it be? And I'm going to jump in early and nick your answer from earlier. Wolves. Oh, no, it's not, that's not my answer. Okay. I think if you don't fall apart against Wolves, you don't go on such a bad losing streak. And then you don't get Gerard. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Know. Then you but don't like, get Coutinho or any of Well, yeah, exactly. Got my targets that left back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll change my answer. Uh, yeah. If, I mean, it's a stupid hypothetical question, isn't it? But if there's one moment maybe you would change, is there anything that jumps out? My one would be Carney Chukmeka just buries that one against City and they don't win the league. <laughs> <laughs> Old-fashioned me, I'd probably stay in the FA Cup and yeah. see, see, yeah. Where that, see where that takes us, you know, yeah, get that job. result at Old Trafford. and We'd have probably lost to Middlesbrough in the next round. Um, Did Middlesbrough play Forest after that? Or my Tottenham, beat Tottenham in there. The cup exits were my fault. I went to two away games this year, and it was you Chelsea. Take, you, you take your girlfriend with you? No, that's, no, it, that's, no, that's that, your mistake. There we go. I'll take her next time. Yeah, but I went yeah. to Chelsea, lost on pens, and I went to the United game, and we lost that. So it is my fault, and I won't be going next year. So, yeah. okay. so we'll win it next year. Yeah, exactly. Good. Okay, I'll take one for the team. What about those years before Pat was born and we didn't win it? <laughs> yeah. Who are we blaming for that? Was it 96, the last trophy? Yeah, I was 98, so it weren't, it weren't all my fault. Yeah. Um, what about your girlfriend? What was she born? Yeah, 99. <laughs> <laughs> 1953. <laughs> Maybe she was watching the Peace Cup final. Yeah, exactly. Go on, Ash, pick another if you can't think of a, a result. Villa Identity. Ooh. Remember the Villa Engine? Villa Engine, as well. So there's two questions here from Connor and Parole, and they're long, so I'm going to combine them together. Parole first. Lots to change at Villa, especially behind the scenes. Given Smith, Grealish, and now Delaney have left the under 23s, and with changes to come, do we risk losing our identity and becoming a mini Liverpool? Which I don't quite agree with. Perslow speaks a lot about having an identi- identity and a link to the club. How do we best foster that going forward? And Connor says, will we lose something in this new Gerard era? Project Villa, in quotes, is where we buy younger players looking for gems, a Brentford approach with more money. Uh, and then to go sell players on. Since we lost Jack and Dean, I feel good Villa is gone, and I feel Je- fear Gerard might go for more of the tried and tested, which started with Ings, and suddenly we're just like everyone else throwing money around. Is that just modern day football? Though? I think so. I'm a bit. Um, I, t- I take the point because I do feel there's a little bit of an element of what we tried to do under Steve Bruce mm. in the Championship of you kind of proven Premier League players. I know we're obviously in a different market now, but you. Like Balassi 
and you brought in Abraham and, and Yedinak and Wheel and that. But it kind of worked. <laughs> it didn't work under Bruce, but it, it worked under, under Gerard. And I think I do love this idea of doing it in a kind of pure way and getting all your teams through the age groups playing the same way and building those progression paths. But I think at the moment we're a club in such a hurry and we're in danger. We're not beating the top four. Are we all right saying we did, we've not been any of the top four? Top five. Top five. We've not been any, any of the top five this season. Not even a point against So we're in danger five. of them yeah. disappearing over the horizon. Yeah. So if we've got the wherewithal to attract these top players, and we've, there's a hush of silence all this, <laughs> if we've got the, the wherewithal to attract those players and to, to afford those players, um, you know, and let's hope we do it without kind of putting ourselves on the brink of extinction like under the previous yeah. regime. What can we do? Just embrace it. We're not going to say, no, no, that, that, that guy who's rated as one of the best young midfielders in the world who's got most of the big elite clubs sniffing around him. We don't want him because we want to promote an 11-year-old who's uh, <laughs> just signed from Great Bar Falcons. I'd love him. I'd love them both. Well, I suppose we've got one, haven't we? We've got, we've got Jacob Ramsey in there as well. Yeah. So they don't, they don't need to be mutually exclu- exclusive. I do get it. Hmm. But I just think oh, we're probably just going to have to... Like I say, if, as long as it doesn't end up in ruin... Just gonna have to embrace it and go with it. It's not, it's not not the worst not not the worst scenario, is it? Yeah. Anything else? I think it, the thing that brings me back to it. I, I see the point where you're saying, "Oh, we're just gonna like it's like the Suarez sign, isn't it? If it happens or the rumours or whatever, it's like you're kind of moving away from developing Watkins or Archer coming in. But for me, what brings it back is like the young players we've got coming through. So like, I feel like the season started dipping. Everyone started getting a bit, started getting a bit of stick on Twitter, whatever you post or whatever. And then Tim Irabunum gets a, a debut, and like, like the fan base is a bit lifted again. And it's stuff like that. Jacob Ramsey, I think that type of thing like brings it back. If you mm. know what I mean, like a bit of magic in the club. It like it's one of us type thing. Yeah, yeah. So like, I feel like there'll be a mixture of we're pushing, we're signing these really good players. And it was a welcome sign to see one arrive that was a 22-year-old and that yeah. 29-year-old. I would be a bit worried if he was a 29-year-old or something. But um, yeah, I think that type of homegrown talent we've got coming through is is a welcome sign. It will like, ground us kind yeah. of thing. It's almost a bit of a cliche, isn't it? The West Ham way, the Man United yeah. way. I mean, does that mean anything really? You don't always get the Gerard, Gerard Byrne, do you? When yeah. you sign from the championship. The, the Villa way, the Villa engine, Project Villa, whatever you want to put. Just win some games. That's all it is. Yeah. I don't care about anything else. I've tried lots of different ways in the last... Well, probably the last 26 years since we've won a trophy. And it's not been good enough to win a trophy. Yeah. So... If signing lots and lots of really good players <laughs> helps win a trophy, that, that yeah. seems to me like <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not writing the checks. That seems to yeah. me like as good a strategy as bringing Grant Holt in on loan. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Mm. So just let's let's just go with it and, and hope that the people above know what they're doing. Well, yeah, that's the key thing. If you know, if they've got the financial aspects of it right and they know what they're doing. As fans, we kind of just have to go, yeah, go, let's just enjoy the ride then and hope that, that they do. When Grant Holt really. scored in front of the Holt though and gave it the Jack Grealish, <laughs> that was a great moment. We get more of them involved. <laughs> he scored for us, is that right? I think he scored. Yeah, I remember he scored beating, in front of the Holt, definitely. Yeah, and he went like sure, that. He gave it the... point into an intro back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. Go on then, pick another question. It's probably six or seven. I've got to just pick one out of Ash's cup of tea then. <laughs> <laughs> Read the tea leaves. The atmosphere. Oh, the atmosphere. One, that. From Mike. He says, I'm sure you'll cover everything in terms of the team, Gerard, the youth team, transfers, etc. But for me, the question I have is about the crowd. What can we do to make Villa Park the cauldron of noise that we know it can and should be? 
Do we start that? Clappers. Clappers. I am. So I'm moaning about the atmosphere. Regular listeners will know. I'm moaning about the atmosphere every week or every other week at Villa Park. What am I doing? What am I <laughs> exactly. doing to change? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, how do I do it? You know, without making my son cringe more than he does sitting next to me. The, the players have got to win games, haven't they? And score goals. If you're, if you're, if you're playing at home and you're 2 down for 10 minutes, it's not on the fans to suddenly go, come on, lads, let's all stick together. You've got to kind of deliver on the pitch as well. Pitch, well I think it's about variety. Did we touch on this the other day when we spoke? I don't know, I spoke to somebody about this. Might have been my mate on the train the other day. But why do all of our chants have to be so convoluted? I do like the ones that are, you know, um, I like the Coutinho one, I like the Bondia one. But unless you're kind of social media, kind of social media savvy, you probably don't know the words to it. And yeah. It probably doesn't get going quite enough. What's up with the old? I mean, it's a bit dirge like now, say, but the old corner Villa, Villa, Villa. Just come on, Villa. Well, that just, comes out every so often, but it's usually over winning. Which... Why aren't we doing that? Just yeah. kind of basic, very simple kind of low syllable chants mm. that we just almost Easy have this songbook that we have these ten chants that we go to every single day, every single game, and just so everybody in the ground knows it. I mean, I did actually see whether it was the Burnley game or the Palace game. The North Stand were trying to get a little bit going in the last couple of couple of games uh, but it's like that um, is it like kind of a cappella or something when somebody start the whole ten start and then by the time it catches the trinity you're like <laughs> singing it on a loop yeah, and yeah. we're like doing the bit as they're finishing <laughs> Villa Park when it's all sings in unison everybody's on the scanning the lyrics at the same time like the, the Villa Till I Die is the example mm. isn't it against um, mm. Man City against, well yeah funnily enough against Man City and Jack Reilly Villa Villa till I die. Five syllable chance. That's all you need. Just keep it, yeah. keep it simple. So there's a limit there. No, you run uh, out. You run out after a couple. Well, run out after a couple. Alay, alay, alay has been the only. Alay, alay, alay. Now six syllables is too long. I think if the Trinity, the North Stand, and the Witten could get things going, I think it would help. But we're always relying on the people at the back of the whole end to start it. And I just think it, it's a lot of pressure on them. Get, <laughs> get these lot in I was going to say, get these 10 people over here. We'll be absolutely fine. Get it bounce. Uh, Come on then, Pat, you pick another question out. It's difficult, isn't it, the atmosphere? It's, it's a bit of both. Fans need to be in for it. Players need to perform. It's, you know, it's one of those. Youth team pathway. Youth team pathway, right in front of me. This is from Ollie. It's quite a long one. How do you see the future directions for the young talent in our squad? We've been here before when we were expecting big things from a whole host of names, from the Moore brothers to Callum O'Hare, and history has shown that if the side is winning, the youngsters get the occasional substitute appearance, and if the side is losing, managers talk about it being the wrong time to throw them in. How do you think we will have a realistic chance of breaking through the next generation of, of Villa Academy players? Yeah, good chance. I mean, Gerard put uh, Tim Arlo-Boonham in for his game against Norwich. Mm. Jacob Ramsey this season he's still only 20 yeah. still a puppy he's come on leaps and bounds as we know there's loads of young lads uh, in around the, the training the first team level at the presence and Gerard said if you're good enough and, and if you're out training you, you're seeing your peers you, you're going to get played so I think in terms of if you're a young, young lad at the Villa now in the, in the academy uh, 17, 18 I think he'd be pleased Gerard's at the helm I believe that Gerard's been around that system he, he was an academy player once so he just wants people to be obsessed with get, being better than try, out training you your teammates as it were who's, who's in a head here so yeah. I think the, the young lads who are there Tim will have a big season next season uh, Ben Crescens another one he likes Tommy O'Reilly the, these players they, they, that's the next generation and a lot of them will kept, be kept around um, well, Cameron Arch will probably come back decisions were made on him but yeah I think the future is bright and Gerrard's a manager to play them Dean Smith before I think he was a bit reluctant to, to play one or two I remember Louis Barry being in fine form the one year 
didn't really, didn't really have a look at him. But probably a bit too soon, but, but yeah, I think Gerard's the man to push that, and he's been asked about that quite, uh, a lot, on a lot of occasions. And he said, "You're good enough, you'll play." Simple as. The only problem they're facing now for me is the recruitment. Yeah. To be honest, like I'd be happy going into next season with three strikers: Ings, Watkins, and Archer. Just so Archer being the one off the bench and give you 20 minutes if you need him. And obviously, if you play two or whatever, um, Irabunum. I'd like him to go on loan from the Championship. Like and same like well calculated. Uh, moves that like Kessler Hayden's had this year it's yeah. really they're good for their de development isn't it I'd like Kessler Hayden to be the backup right back I think we'll probably sell Gilbert unless he has a look at him and he likes him I don't know if he likes him or whatnot I always liked Gilbert to be fair when Dean Smith used to play I thought he was decent but yeah I'd just say the recruitment like Irabunum you got Nakamba Kamara if you bring in another CDM or a player that can play there Louise is there just a lot to contend with to get into the starting lineup, isn't it so if they want regular game time and like development, then I'd, I'd like low moves again. But otherwise, you know, you can just stage a breakthrough. Yeah, ready for next one? Yeah, last couple of questions, Matt. Take it away. Hello. Midfield makeup. Midfield makeup. Let's say we buy two new midfielders this summer. I mean, we've already bought one. A proper six and a box to box eight. Both go into the starting eleven. So let's just assume one is Kamara and maybe one other. Which other current Villa midfielder makes up your three-man midfield? This is from John. So you've got Ramsey, Louise, McGinn, Nakamba, Irabunum, Sanson, Ashley Young. I don't know if Louise is going to be here at the start of next season. I think. Yeah, I saw. I read this morning. I had to write something on it. It was Mourinho's going to step it up after the conference final tonight against Feyenoord. So whether that develops or we try and cash in because the um, contract is not... I don't know if that's progressed any further. It's so hard. To, I love McGinn so much. I was saying the other day when I was at Burnley, I was like, oh, McGinn's on it today. I love it when McGinn's like this. But it's because he was in the final third and I think if you put Kamara there, you've got a CDM and you've got McGinn playing like he actually does, like his championship McGinn, isn't it? Then I don't think you can drop a, a Jacob Ramsey who's continued to progress really, so it's going to be a tough one. I'd be happy going into the season with McGinn and Ramsey on the side of just Kamara to be honest yeah I think Eve Basuma is the other link but um, Calvin Phillips Calvin Phillips do you play him as an 8 I know Southgate likes him a bit further forward but I think for Leeds he's just like a CDM is he? I don't know if he's I don't, I don't know if he's a, I think his best position is a CDM to be fair but um, yeah I could probably edit this out if it does happen but there's obviously there's an, ele an elephant in the room with Basuma isn't there so I don't know if we sign him with all that stuff but um, how did you rate McGinn's season last season McGinn this season oh, one just gone, gone. I, I thought he was I feel like he's just, I've said it before I tweeted I got a load of stick for it it's one of those I, I think I thought just because he's one of the senior members of the squad that he just gets a bit more stick if something goes wrong it's the same with Mings I thought with Mings there's a genuine argument to make that he's probably our third most consistent player this season but he gets pelters like, I didn't think the 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 mistake not the mistake against Liverpool where he like, tried to clear it's gone under his studs I was like that's not a mistake it's just unlucky like, it's fell perfectly to Joel Matip whatever it was mm. I feel like they're just two players on our side that just get pelters for no reason like, it just goes to them it's like the scapegoat I'd give him a seven. I thought he was solid. I thought yeah, there's games where he's had to fill in at CDM for no reason. He's been restricted. Midfield has obviously been the main issue. But yeah, I thought he's been quality. Not quality, actually. Take that out. <laughs> uh, I thought he's been decent. Not his best, but not, his, not the worst player on our team. Do you want to take him again Mings? Like a for you? Just scroll back for them. I thought on the Mings one, I think I'll say that every other week, don't I? That I think he... 
he's scapegoated. I mean, Villa have had a tradition of scapegoating various players along along the way. McGinn's an interesting one. You, the question about, you know, if we do sign a six and an eight, who's the who's the third midfielder? I actually think McGinn and Ramsey competing for that that third spot is quite an exciting prospect, yeah. really. Um, and seeing what they can both do, you know, in more advanced areas. Um, I don't know with McGinn. I don't. I really don't. Because I think I think he varies. I think I don't think you can give him the same. You know, you have to give ratings every week. Yeah. I think you could split the game into quarters yeah. and give him a different rating <laughs> for each each quarter. He'll, he'll do something brilliant, and then. But again, that's what comes with playing in the Premier League. Playing for an expectant fan base. You know, we've we've seen he set his standards. Uh, we know what he can do. So it's how how consistently can he do it? And like I said, if they are. If Ramsey and McGinn next season aren't automatic starters and have to lift the level because of any new recruits we we make, then so be. It. I like him. I like him. I like him as a fellow. I like what he stands for. Uh, I like the route that he's taken into you know into getting to Aston Villa. Um, but again, we can't. We, I sound like I'm, I'm I'm kind of I don't know a, a modern day family no patience now but I'm not sure how much sentiment we can carry going forward you know and we, we've seen that the, the two people we invested our hearts in in, in Dean Smith and Jack Grealish haven't uh, are no longer here so you know it, it sounds horrible because I, I'd love heroes to, to be competing for testimonials and to, to, to hanging around hanging around long enough <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe you want more than more than seven goals a season. But who am I to who am I to uh, to criticise Mr. Bonnehall? But what was the question? <laughs> Put you off there, I? I think McGinn. If McGinn plays well, Villa tend to play well. Yeah. So he kind of drives the team in in that aspect. But I don't know whether he plays the vast majority of games he next can't season. Can't be doing much wrong if Conte and um, United are after well, yeah, him. Yeah, that is another thing. Why are people I mean, taking notice? Gerard likes him as yeah. well, doesn't he? I think his leadership qualities bring bring you know probably elevate him because we can sign the kind of cast of of some of the best players in the in, in the world or whatever whatever we market we we, we shop in him, but. Still need personality. I think Mings and McGinn bring bring personality. Even when they're not playing well, they never go hiding. So, I think that those characteristics are something that we need to make sure that we that we I don't know replenish in terms of our recruitment as well. Mm. He's a big captain shout next season, McGinn. Yeah. So, uh, so he's obviously Gerald's going to review the captaincy. McGinn's obviously up there with, with Mings as well, and maybe another one to come in. Story of this season as well. Someone told me the, the coach drivers at the Villa, he's all in shirts and ties under Dean Smith and. I thought, and McGinn's got I mean McGinn's got more Villa, villa tracksuits now. Apparently they're all buzzing. McGinn's all give the lads a Villa tracksuit for the game days, and they'll come after you. So part of the team, and that's McGinn's all there. So I got told about that last week. So McGinn behind the scenes, he's, he's very big yeah. to the group, and I think Gerard likes that. Lots personalities with it, so he's a shout for captain next season. Should, should Gerard review it? Most coach drivers probably have got big fat arses from sitting on all day. So. McGinn's hand-me-downs are fit and perfect yeah. one yeah. I think there's a, there's a case with, with fans in general where you kind of go a player's not performing I'll just get rid cash in get some money move on and let's just forget about it and I kind of get I think we've said to one of you I've said about you know Mings and McGinn might not play every game but you don't cast them off to, to a Newcastle or someone who's competing with us next year or will you know, expect to be competing with us you keep them around and they've still got value to add to whoever comes in to replace them and if the replacement isn't quite up to speed you've still got a ready-made replacement who yeah they might not be top six level but know the club and can kind of slot, slot back in there yeah I think, I think Watkins is another one as well yeah. isn't it yeah, um, yeah. obviously big, big interest from West Ham 
few Villa fans said cash in, tell him, we'll move on. Um, does frustrate a few people with the missed chances, obviously, but oh, top scorer again this season, double figures yeah. again. I think Gerard spoke about his importance going nowhere, he told me, the other week. Um, but he's another one who divides opinion, doesn't he? People want to see more wings, yeah. maybe, but I think, I think players blow hot and cold, they can do, but I think Watkins is, on the whole, I think he's a big part of Villa moving forward. And all this is caveated by saying we finished 14th, yep. Villa blew hot and cold all season, yep. so yeah. you can't expect the players to do that to a certain yep. extent. Yeah. Go on then, just out another question, there's only a couple left. Go on, Ash. Ex-player, as a coach. From Carl, he says, if you could bring any ex-player back to the club as part of the coaching staff, who and why? I've got two. You've got two? I bring Matty Lowton in to teach Matty, Matty Cash how to cross. <laughs> I thought not I had Lowton, to tackle. Yeah, no, I had to tackle. Yeah, he's fine defending. He's fine on that side. But I thought Lowton or Brighton and Young, probably the best crossers I've seen. I mean, that probably says it all about your age. Yeah, exactly. Lowton's yeah. yeah. been taken as a classic. Yeah, his first time ones when yeah. he's running onto yeah. it. Dips oh, deep as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah curving nice. round. And then I'd bring Martin Larson in to teach his friends how to win a header. Mm. Yeah, last <laughs> I don't think I ever saw him lose one. Probably a limited frame of reference because we spoke to a few of these and they are the greatest um, don't know why I'm waving that to all the cameras <laughs> but I like what, what Peter With was saying about the art of art of being a centre forward mm. um, and I think getting him stuck into um, Watkins Danny Ings and whoever else we, we sign sign over the summer that's all I've got at the moment I think think that'd be decent I mean whether whether Peter Wood's knees could take it <laughs> on the training ground every day I don't know because he's I think he's 70 now um, so mind you I saw Roy Hodgson ping, ping that, ping that <laughs> yeah. pass on a viral video a few <laughs> weeks true. ago so, so why not but um, yeah I mean it's sentiment again isn't it you know we've always we've said oh you know we've lost our soul we've lost our heart bring Martin Larson in you know it's done what as a as a, yeah, as a coach yeah, yeah. or a manager yeah. really uh, you probably bring those people in an ambassador roles don't you rather than well, a, there's not really a realistic answer here is there because you can't go Gareth Barry but he's never coached I wasn't thinking of actual coaches I don't know, know if Matty Lowton's <laughs> done any badges or if Larson is in coaching <laughs> I just think someone that can head the ball get him teach him out the realistic answer of a coach who's an expert is probably Mark Delay and who's just left yeah. so yeah. that's pretty much the end of that isn't it um, I think we've got one more question is that right one or two that's what you're the loanees futures the loanees futures from Gareth he says who if any of the current loaned out players would you like to see play a part in next season or do you think they'll be moved on El Ghazi Gilbert Target etc that's from Gareth I think Keenan Davis. To sell them all I think Archer. they're all on expiring deals in 2023 aren't yeah. they I think if we're going to raise about 40 to 50 million, you just sell all those players. There's a lot of talk about this figure of 40 to 50 million. I, think, I, is that, I don't think if Forrest go that. up, you can get 10 for Keenan Davis. I think there's no player that goes to the Premier League squad below 10 mil these days. I reckon we get, from what I've heard from on, on social media from the Newcastle fans, I reckon we get 200 million for Matt Target because <laughs> he's the best left back that's ever walked. <laughs> Walk the earth. Yeah, wait till next season. <laughs> to be honest, it looks like he's coming back. Did you see what his girlfriend put on? It went around Twitter, and it was like, "Oh, short and sweet," but now we're back. He, so. w- he won't be at Newcastle, but he won't be. At I Miller. think it's Fulham or after. Yeah, he'll have been there before, hasn't he? Got promoted against us, didn't he? Mm. I just can't believe that target being serenaded by fifty-two thousand Geordies at Villa Park. He was, yeah. I mean, was, so I don't think half of Gerrard's starting lineup will get into Gerrard's starting lineup or bench. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Next season, so what chances are the people who we deem surplus requirement within one one minute of looking at them? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's not well. It is a criticism, but it's not meant to be too harsh criticism because all of those players, you know, 
target I don't think he's the best left back we've ever seen but still played a part in us consolidating in the staying in the Premier League and consolidating in the Premier League we all, we're all going to love El Ghazi forevermore for that, that really really fantastic moment away at Barrow and um, scoring <laughs> scoring at uh, Wembley against Derby obviously uh, who else Gilbert Trezeguet as well Trezeguet yeah I forgot, I forgot he even existed you know what I forgot about Wesley Wesley. Someone Brazil. said you could get ten mil for Wesley. That's what I mean. Thinking, You'll get like five hundred grand for yeah. Wesley. The I only time I've ever missed Trezeguet since he's been gone is when Troyore starts warming up. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I'm being, I'm being a little bit kind of facetious, but. We've moved on, I think. I think, I think in terms get, of where we want to be, you'll get some decent money for Target. Pretty much what we paid, hopefully. Profit on him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Trezeguet. Don't think you'll get anything. El Ghazi. He's played twelve minutes for Everton on loan. Who's going to come back to Villa and go? It's five million for El Ghazi. Like no. some of the figures you see going around are way too high. Yeah. Davis again. If Forest don't get promoted, you've got asking someone to take a chance on him. The only one who's out on loan that comes to my mind is Cameron Archer, and he'll stay. Yeah. So mm. all this like, oh, we'll raise fifty million from the loanees. We're talking like 15, 20 million, I'd say. Yeah. Is that covered everybody? Is there anybody else who's I think gone? There's more. It feels, it feels like there's like more to be. Loan, but I can't. Jed Steer, is he going no, loan? He's got. He's done with his ACL again. Yeah. Something like that. Or is it killing anyone else? Sure. Yeah. Should we do our end of season awards? I mean, I say awards. There's a couple in here that you definitely wouldn't want to get. Um, some of them are quite obvious, so if they are, and we all agree, we'll kind of skate on and move on as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. Player of the season. I'll start with you, Dan, on the end map. Not you as player of the season. Your, uh, your <laughs> option. Imagine. You know how bad a year that would be. <laughs> well, Villa Park's burnt down and there's only me and a team of cockroaches She's left, left, left in the wider Witten area. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Jacob Ramsey. For me. Ramsey, okay. Yeah. Um... I did write it down in an email yesterday, Dan, so you shouldn't be so surprised. I've forgotten about that now. <laughs> yeah, just because he probably could have won another category as well, but just because it's come from nowhere to me to become first name on the team sheet with what we've got now. Yeah. Now, let's see what happens over the summer and how we evolve as a squad. But I just think at times where probably more at Villa Park because that's where I do most of my Aston Villa watching but at times where you've been crying out for somebody to change the tempo to, to do something positive on the front foot to, to really kind of kickstart a Villa performance mm. I think he's he's been the man you know he's probably a more complete midfielder than, than we thought we'd got yeah. and I think working with Gerard has kicked him onto an extra level and will continue to kick him onto an extra level from the bits I read and see from him as well he seems like a very humble kind of down to earth lad who realises the privilege that he's got and realises that the, the talent and the opportunity can, can take him as far as he wants to go so he'd be my shout yeah, fair. Ash? Yeah, I've got Matty Cash probably an obvious one I think he's been the most consistent player in the team this season Um yeah, I've got into the Polish national team as well, and, and yeah, in products he's adding to his game now four goals as well, four yeah. goals, three assists, pretty decent. Capped off his season with the goal at the Etihad. Yeah, Can you go wild <laughs> in the upper tier? Good celebration picture, some cash as well. Yeah, 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 very good. Um, but yeah, overall, I think he will to kick on next season. Gerard loves him as well. Yeah, raves about him at the pressers. A good season for Cash, I'll give it him. What do you think would be a good target in terms of goals and assists for Cash next year if he's done seven goal contributions this year? Ten double figures. Double figures, decent, yeah. 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 I'll give it Cash as well. I think like yeah. I said before on the podcast, there was only one like one player. When I mean, we were going through that dip in form under Smith, there was only one player that was kind of had his head, head still up, driving forward, yeah. trying to start something. It was Cash for me. 
and yeah, he's adding the attacking aspect. Um, I feel like when Gerard first came in, there was rumours to other right backs. I can't remember. His name. I think he's gone to Munich now. But some people there was the debate like, oh, has he got the end product? He's not going to be able to do it. Gerard's not going to like him. Sign the new contract. I feel like in the second half of the season under Gerard or whatever, he's kind of proved everyone wrong. I know he yeah. still can't. Uh, he can cross because that. that Archer goal in, against Chelsea that was a lovely cross he's got the cut back but I feel like teams are reading that I said it the other night when we were watching Burnley it was every, I've never seen a fullback get his cross blocked so much as him it's because they know he just wants to cut it back so if he can work on his crossing he's the perfect uh, fullback for me but yeah cash for me yeah we've also cashed a player this season because I assume young player I'm not having that you know. <laughs> why? Five minutes ago, he's saying he needs to be coached by Burnley's reserve team. <laughs> the last thing you need. <laughs> the first thing I want from a defender is to be able to defend. So he's got that. But we've put Jacob Ramsey as young player, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. So who did you put for young player then? Cash. <laughs> I think I did. I put Cameron Archer. Yes, you did, yeah. So I was just going a bit left field. Yeah. I didn't, didn't say he'd actually got to be at Villa. Yeah, that's no, true. Yeah. Shout. Yeah. Right. Cameron Archer for young player this season yeah. for you. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, had a good season. Goal of the season. Now, Ings at Newcastle got it in the official Villa uh, club's goal of the season. Do we all agree? I do not agree. Don't agree? No. I feel like I expect Ings. Not expected, but... I mean, that's that camp yeah. for that. I can see him doing it. Like it's a great goal, and you can't take it away from him. But I expect he's a striker. He's a striker. He's a, striker. Goals, he's a good yeah. finisher. He can do that. Mm. Callum Chambers on the first time whipping one into the corner. But then I kind of believe it after the pass against Southampton. <laughs> yeah. that he's hiding something. But yeah, I, I'd give it to Callum Chambers just because of the shock factor, the technique, and everything for it. Yeah. Mm. Ramsey at Norwich didn't Yes, he did, yeah. yeah just, again, a good show. I watched it again yesterday and just he starts to move deep in his own half. Mm. He starts to move, runs and runs and runs, finishes left foot. Yeah, back as well. Poor defending from Norwich, I guess. <laughs> Cheers, yeah, just, just a, I was at the press box that night and yeah, that, that was the moment when got a player here. Yeah. Um, to do that in the Premier League, 20. I was a bit good to never ask Dean about it afterwards, but I think he might have been seething with losing so I didn't obviously didn't give me a big chance and Ramsey Sean in that night and I'll give it yeah I looked it back at yesterday and such, such a great goal driving forward he's done that time and time again this season to finish the way he did very good goal um, understated goal that hasn't been spoken about enough this season so another shot as well McGinn at Watford's a decent goal as well after that first time finish on the bounce that was very nice but yeah Ramsey got more vote than Norwich for the audio listeners, Matt, you were clapping as, as uh, Pat said, Callum Chambers at Leeds. Yeah, I'm with it as well. I'm a big fan of centre halves who can fluke one like that and then yeah. style it out as if they meant it. <laughs> um, so, no, it was, it, was a, it was a quality finish and it probably just shows that extra kind of panache that I know, I know Pat's, Pat's a, a panache. Big, panache, Did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it not pizzazz? Well, pizzazz? Panache? Is it panache? Okay. Cool. Or is that is that some kind of like kind of pastry that you get? <laughs> it's, it's, it's an Indian, it's some coffee. Well. Panache. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think that's that's where goal of the season should be, be awarded there. Yeah. Panache. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was just so. Um, I don't know. You you said he, he did, did that 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 sweet kind of outside of the yeah. so it wasn't yeah. unexpected, but it still wasn't. Yeah. Was. Yeah. Unexpected for me that you've got a centre half who can do that. The one I said just as a rogue shout is the one that was the pass for Chambers. Was it Louis yeah. who actually put it in the back of the net? Yeah, wasn't it Coutinho that squared it to him? Yeah, Chambers on the outside foot, Coutinho across the box. Just yeah. a nice little yeah, move. Yeah, yeah. A few players involved, goal. just as a different answer. Um, most improved player throughout the course of the season, not not necessarily under Gerard. I think I put Buendia. Yeah, you I think know. You did. Um, I think I've spoken about this recently, so sorry if I'm repeating myself, but. You could see his frustration with himself 
earlier in the season. Um, you know, kicking bottles and having little little tantrums on the sidelines. And I don't think that was a statement towards Smith. I thought that, I think that was a statement towards better than this. I can yeah. do more than this. Yeah. Um, and I actually think I don't know whether he's I don't know who Villa sports psychologist is or whether it's Gerard and his coaches have got into him. But I actually see a player who is probably more comfortable with his own in his own skin now. He realises that he can do it, but he's at a big club yeah. now, so he's going to have to kind of just cope with the, the disappointments as well as the, the times when he's the, he's the main man. I was going to say, is there an element of that that he isn't the main man? Whereas at Norwich, it's kind of when do you go and do your thing? You've got to win us the game. Whereas at Villa, it's it's not that. I think so, but that's probably where he sits a little bit differently from Bailey for me. Whereas I think Bailey. He still wants to be this kind of star of the show. I think Wendy has realised that being a very, very highly performing kind of part of a machine mm. is going to help him and help the team kick on more than needing to be the, the the main man all the time. And I think we've seen it. I think we've seen that for a flair player. I think he just gives so, puts in so much graft and so much effort, and sometimes sacrifices himself for the for the team. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying it's a good, a good sign of what he did, but I'm not sure how many sparkling number tens we'd have even seen back making the tackle in a penalty box against Burnley, let alone giving away a penalty. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just, I just think he's been. Sounds like I'm talking about an X Factor backstory, yeah. but I feel like he's been on a journey during the course of the season. <laughs> Shall I put some sad music. That's, that's, it, yeah, yeah, that's it. If you could do a little montage of uh, kicking bottles and then celebrating goals and assists. Okay. But, yeah. So that, 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 that's my vote. I think. Ash. Did I go Jacob Ramsey though? I can't remember. I think I'm a Jacob Ramsey. Um, just based on what I've seen last season into this one, gone mm. up a new level or two for me. Yeah. I didn't expect the, the rise he's, he's went on. Um, an ever present, like you say, first name on the team sheet for Gerard. Near, near enough. Gerard said he's better than him when he was 20. I think he's really kicked on. Yeah. So most improved for him is Jacob Ramsey for me for sure. If I can find the clip, I'll put it in. But I remember saying in the early season or pre-season. Ramsey won't play 35, 38 games he'll be in and out and that'll be it and yeah. fair enough when he's not in the team I think we miss him, miss him yeah, yeah. Energy yeah. I, I didn't expect him to be so so good you know, mm. and he's definitely got levels to go as well yeah. Um, Pat yeah I'm the same as Ash. Ash Ramsey I think you've gone from a player that could come on and do like a maybe contribute a bit or you give a chance to and he, he was swapping with Barkley I think last season wasn't yeah. he and yeah. I think it, swapping him to a centre mid rather than a more attacking one is a bit better for him but he's gone from a bit part player to a, probably one of the first names on the team sheet I yeah. don't think any of us thought he's going to be a Premier League player like solid Premier League player at this age but he is yeah. and, it's got a limit in it and also survives the you expect the summer recruitment yeah. that, you know, it's McGee or Louise on a camera that misses new out and Ramsey still gets in when the new signings come as well that's how yeah. important he is um, unsung hero mm. start with you at this time Pat My unsung can't remember hero. who you put when you texted me I don't remember what I'll put for this. Go on, Ash, you go while yeah, you... I'll I'll have Callum Chambers, I think. Okay. I think Callum Chambers, I think... The way he slotted in, I think... I think he's done really well. I think he came in out of the blue, didn't he? I was down Perry Bar playing five aside, my phone went off. Villa signed Callum Chambers. Didn't see that one coming. Um, but he's come in, slotted in seamlessly for me. Obviously, Conscious form has dipped off a little bit. But whenever we've called upon Chambers to come in, he's done such a sound job. And yeah, typified at the Etihad on Sunday, I thought he was Villa's best player. Um... And yeah, I think very shrewd signing. Bit of an unsung hero. Might be a big, big hero next season going into it. And yeah, that, I think that, that deal's not spoken about enough, really. With like Coutinho, Luca Dean, great signings, big name signings. But Callum Chambers to come in and the job he's done, and technically as well. He spoke, that, spoke about the goal against Southampton, was it? Yeah. 
just to, to pick out a pass like that. Not many centre backs can do that. So, yeah, uh, Callum Chambers, a pretty un- understated signing. Not many players would do that. Never mind. No, it, no. Half. Um, I think again, we said when he when he signed, he's Twan's replacement. Yeah. We'll barely see him. Yeah. So yeah, Unsung here a good choice. Pat, you've done your research. Was Mings, Mings. Like I said earlier, third most consistent for me. I feel like when things go wrong, people do look for him. But for me, he's been very consistent throughout the season. Different parts you can look at, but I think I could do that with most players in the Villa squad mm. and say, oh, I did that. But it was like if Mings had given away the penalty against Burnley and Buendia didn't, everyone would be on his back a bit more than they were for Buendia. Yeah. So it's all just about the environment about each player, isn't it? But yeah, Mings and Sung Hero for me. When we're solid, he's solid. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you put a rogue answer for this, if I remember right. I think I put Mick Dale, yeah. but I sing, his yeah. pra- I sing his praises every year, so he's so unsung. You could have like his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and his name up in lights and he's still been unsung here. But we never spoke about him, did we, after the whatever yeah. game? Was it the Burnley game? It's Burnley, I think it might have been Palace. Palace or Burnley, I can't remember if you were there. Like, I said he was doing something on half time. Yeah, you got people on the fans yeah, on it. Burnley, keep yeah. you up so like he, he, does it, he does it every week, the, you know, the Pride Rewards winner or whatever yeah. it is, I kind of get photos on the pitch and all that. Yeah. McDowell always does it and he sits a few rows in front of me I spoke to him at that game just before kick-off you've met McDowell yeah loads of times yeah, we're, we're pals he'll be watching this he'll probably text me after this um, anyway he took, yeah I'll send it to you after <laughs> anyway yeah took these lads onto the pitch you know, 30 40 year old blokes or whatever won the competition folks in front of the whole end blah 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 and then he's the subs are doing two touch together and Mick kind of just goes over just barges his way through and just goes come on like, yeah, it's all fine I'm watching it what, what's going on and these these guys are doing two touch with Coutinho yeah, which is like, oh, it's the last, go, last home game of the season or whatever like it's all a bit nothingness anyway it's probably a health and safety nightmare that they're getting involved with two fans yeah. but you know we'll let that slide <laughs> And they're like, you know, this this random fans like chesting it down, a couple of keepy ups, pinging it to Coutinho, yeah, think, yeah. he's back even it, <laughs> chesting it shoulder back to him. And I was like, what a moment that is for this fan to like play two touch with Coutinho on Villa Park at half time. And McDowell's just sort of filming it there all on his phone for this fan. Yeah. I thought, yeah, what what a hero. Oh, that's why. Well, there's yeah, Johan putting 150 grand a week contract <laughs> in front of his big fat fan. He wasn't fat, but <laughs> sorry, um, this little thin fan. But yeah, fair play, McDowell. Good, what, a, what a hero. I think. Um, so not, know, not unsung at all now after that? Well, no, well, the thing is, I think everybody probably should know who McDowell is by now. Yeah. We're saying, yes, we want our own homegrown players to come through and to be part of the squad and stuff like that. But I think it's important having people like, you know, Villa's probably got to become this commercial corporate machine to drive us into the, the, the top six and, and beyond. To me... Yes, I understand the, the financial realities of that, but still having people the heart, Aston Villa heartbeat yeah. as part of it is really important. Yeah, the receptionists and, and the tea lady and all that I'm sure there stuff. are genuine unsung McDales yeah. um, within the, the ranks of Aston Villa, um, but to me, he epitomises that the, the lifeblood of the club, really. Yeah. Um, did you all answer that one? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. Um, signing of the season. No, that's four to choose from in January. No, three to choose from. Oh, Chambers, Coutinho or Dean in the summer there's Buendia, Ings uh, Bailey and Paddy you know a, I've got a rogue one am I allowed to say Gerard is the signing of the season technically we did so sign like. him because yeah, so I feel like he's led to all these other signings I've yeah. seen not Bailey and whatnot. that's the other recruitment staff but the future and what we, who we bring in now Kamara and whatnot. I think it all is all down to Gerard, and it's like a positive atmosphere around the club he is changing things, he's solving problems and there is progress being seen, so yeah, I'd go Gerard. When you say then, like, oh yeah, we signed Bailey and stuff before that, I don't think any of you are going to pick Bailey or no, Wendy or Ings no. anyway, so. <laughs> is it Coutinho for you two? Go on, yeah. then, who wants to talk about him? 
<laughs> well, technically made per- made permanent during this season as well, so not just the loan. So we can put him in next year. Yeah, as well. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, blockbuster signing, wasn't it? Really, uh, wouldn't have happened un- under the previous regime. With Smith and yeah, totally born into it. Sunday against Man City, final day of the season. That, 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 that little bit of magic as well. I think, I think his goal record was pretty decent as well. And obviously, he's, he's, like most of the players, he blew hot and cold a little bit. You haven't seen him in the games as well, but with pre-season behind him now, really exciting proposition that to get him up, up to full speed. Because I think he's played a bit. He, he, obviously, it was a fast start for him, and then he, he wound up a little bit with his performances. But overall, technician, that, that star quality, and to get him in the door and play at Villa. To swap Barcelona for Birmingham, one thing. But to, um, to get him out, he's pretty special. And, Got to be signing for season for me. Mm. Yeah, and probably the flip side of that biggest disappointment. This could be a player, it could be a game, maybe a, a moment. Did I answer that? I can't Did you answer it? Oh, no, I definitely sent it to you. So I'm pretty sure you answered it. I got oh, mine now. Anyway. You go. Go on, and you go first. I said it earlier tonight. It's Bailey. I feel like oh, it, it was a big 30 million sign. He was part of Perslow's master plan after Grealish went. Everyone had big high hopes. Everyone was watching the highlight reels, weren't they? blistering pace bursting through Bayern Munich's defence <laughs> whipping him in with his left foot and we just haven't really seen it I think even his two assists we, I think I said this the other day again uh, his two assists were him trying to cut in miscontrolling it and Ramsey just whipping it into the top corner or his two of his three assists or whatever it was it just it just hasn't he hasn't hit the ground running and there are signings that take a while to settle in Grealish will probably do it for City next year and take the league by storm so hopefully Bailey does the same thing but yeah, he's just been yeah. underwhelming so far for me. Is your conscious form for Raising yeah. about him, I really like him a lot. Put him up there. Probably Van Dijk, Ruben Diaz, he's elite centre backs in the league. I think he's one category below that. Yeah, I rate him that highly. And this season, just just doesn't happen for him. Obviously injured now for the next few couple of months, but form-wise, his form's dipped off. It can happen. I, I hope he comes back stronger next season. But that was a real surprise and a big disappointment for me because I, I thought he was elite level. Yeah, I'm rating that highly. Couldn't believe he's not in England set up by now. Yeah. Um, I thought he bailed things out time to time. Yeah. But yeah, I thought Conte's Kant's, Kant's form has been a bit, big disappointment. Yeah, the red cards as well. Red yeah. cards, yeah. yeah. Most in the league, I think. Yeah. Joint most with him. Although, Callum Chambers doesn't get on the Sunk Hero if I was the Ocean play as well. Exactly. So, yeah, so. Works yeah. out both ways. Mixed manner, isn't it? You've got remembered. yours. Um, home form. Yeah. Really. I think that, you know, probably setting our sights a bit too high, but if we think in Villa need to set the sights on 60 points next season that sounds like a lot doesn't it well it does well it's kind of it's probably about 15 16 wins and you know a fair share of draws we win five games at home this season six maybe is that right Um, who did we beat Everton Newcastle Norwich Southampton Um, I genuinely can't remember the others somebody and somebody (laughs) Brighton did we mention Brighton Brighton Brighton. yeah yeah, so I mean, we didn't beat any of the top five. I can tell you that. So it's yeah. one of the other fourteen. Yeah. So we're probably going to have to win nearer to a dozen games at home next season. Probably even more. Um, probably feeds back into what we were saying about the the atmosphere earlier on. I think I think the Villa Park experience, given it was our first year back after craving to be in there, we beat Liverpool when we weren't there, <laughs> beat Arsenal when we weren't yeah. there. Beat United or not? We didn't beat United. Did we? No, United no. still did us with Bruno's belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he stepped on Conde. Um That was it. Yeah. yeah. So it's that. It's you know, and if I'm paying extra seventy quid for my season ticket, you know, Mr. <laughs> old git like me wants to be entertained with a few more victories. So 
that's been um, a bit anticlimactic I think going yeah. back to Villa Park yeah it's a good shout uh, the last question for the podcast is rating the season out of 10 and we obviously rated Gerard. we all kind of said 6.5 maybe as an overall so if you add in Gerard uh, Smith's first 10 games and the cup exit I suppose under him Probably surely it's less a, than a 6.5 yeah, it surely has to be it drops down to a 5 maybe even a 4.5 I'll have a 0.5 in there again actually that's probably been generous isn't it the 4 first, out of 10 for the season the first 10 games we're basically rating the, the last yeah. the first 10 games aren't we oh yeah the disappointment I felt on that opening day of the season thinking we were going to storm past Watford and stuff like that yeah it's not the uh, best start you want to get to is it set the tone for the season uh, yeah 4.5 pushing a 5 mm. yeah 5 5 out of 10 maybe the season on the whole finishing 14 yeah, well, yeah close in a few games but not, not good enough at all so yeah go on Matt. I'm just watching Stephen Gerrard in the Champions League final from AC Milan on the TV oh, I, up thought there. Got, I thought you got a crystal ball then <laughs> five years from now <laughs> um, yeah I think I um, I think I put six when I when you when I answered your question yesterday but I'm going around with these miserable sots I think it's I think it is I think it's got to be a five hasn't it I think when I don't know what your your benchmark is Ash for the player ratings but I think everybody starts with a six unless they do anything bad Yeah. so I think we probably start with a six and I think it has dipped a little bit below that so I think I think five's about right so what would you accept next year nine and a half yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, that's that's it then for the for the end of season review. It's been uh, weirdly good to look back on a pretty rubbish season. Really. I've enjoyed chatting to you all. Yep. Uh, Pat, did you enjoy your first I podcast? Thoroughly enjoyed my first in person podcast. Yeah. Ash, you had a nice time. Yeah, I'll have a beer next time. <laughs> yeah, not not a great look, Matt. It's you... nice to meet Pat, isn't he? He's, tall, he's is. taller than you yeah. think. Yeah. Everyone yeah. says that. Yeah. I had some advice from my fellow spectacle wearers over yeah. what what do you, what do I need? Microphone, microphone, microphone. I use that for the camera lenses and stuff. Oh, yeah, good. Rob one of his. Right. Yeah, just, <laughs> you, you're all looking really, really well, really attractive we? anyway. So I clearly need, clearly need the microphone yeah. to, <laughs> to get going. I was going to say, I was going to say, when we did this at the start of the season, we've sat in these exact same places. You're half the man that you were back in August. Mm. I am, and I'm, I'm half the size and twice as old. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much to everyone who's watched over the course of the season. Um, you kind of, kind of think at the end of the season, oh, we'll have a nice break now to the start of the season, but we'll still be doing podcasts every week and Facebook Lives and all those kind of things. Because when, when, when we switch our phones back on, Villa have signed five players. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, yeah. So we'll be here to cover all the, all the signings and then uh, back for pre-season, Australia, France, Warsaw, of course. Warsaw, uh, right up there, isn't it, with those two? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, all ready for it for the pre-season stuff in, uh, in August. So thank you very much for watching the Can't Blue podcast. Um, subscribe, like, comment, all those kind of things. And we'll see you again probably in a couple of days when Villa announce Luis Suarez or something stupid. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the Villa. Up the Villa.